everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Tea with Janae. I'm your host, Janae Kirshner of Janae Kirshner Photography and the photo education and coaching site, Tea with Janae. Tea with Janae is where we give real advice, tangible tips, and thoughtful insight about what it's really like to be a wedding photographer. I'm so excited to chat with Courtney and Dana all about how to grow your business, even in hard times. We all know that the last two years have not been easy for small business owners, and that's why I'm so happy to have them both here and join us today and share ways on how we can still grow our businesses even when things are uncertain. A little bit about Courtney and Dana before we get started is that they are a sister duo based in North Carolina, and they are perpetual entrepreneurs. They have created over three successful businesses together and are passionate about helping entrepreneurs succeed. They are on a mission to inspire others to take big leaps, dream big dreams, and create amazing teams that grow profits and enjoyable but productive culture within businesses, and I'm so excited to have them both here today. Also, before we start today's show, I wanted to ask you guys a quick question. Are you feeling stuck in your business and thinking about working with a coach? I'd love to help. Each month, I offer one-on-one coaching sessions for wedding photographers to tackle whatever is overwhelming you whether it's help with your website, your social media and marketing strategy, to the ins and outs of running your own small business. I can help you take the overwhelm out of your everyday and help you focus on your next steps to achieving your goals. If you're just starting out or a few years in and looking for a coach to help guide you in the right direction and help keep you accountable, let's chat. Visit www.twitchenae.com and click on the work with me button in the menu to find out more and schedule your discovery chat today. All right, you guys, let's get excited. Let's grab a cup of tea and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm so excited you guys are here. I have two wonderful guests on the line today. Dana and Courtney, can you say hi to everyone? Hi. Hi. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having us. I'm so so excited. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm so excited. I love when I have two guests on. It's really fun. (laughs) So (laughs) before we get started, uh, let's tell everybody a little bit about you, your company, and how you got started. Yeah, well, I'm Courtney. And I'm Dana. And um, we got started about 16 years ago. Um, We were our event planners, first of all. Um, And we own a wedding venue as well in the Raleigh, North Carolina area. And we also have our own podcast called Hustle and Gather, where we um, talk to other entrepreneurs about their origin stories. And from that, we do a little bit of speaking and consulting with other companies who are looking to grow their teams. Um, But we began uh, 16 years ago when we were looking for a wedding venue for Dana to get married at. She was (laughs) 20 at the time and wanted to invite 1,000 people. It's very true. And the only thing that we could find that like would accommodate said guest count was like a hotel ballroom or maybe a country club or a tent in the backyard somewhere. Which I wanted none of those. She wanted none of those things. And so we came up with this great idea, like, wouldn't it be fun to open a wedding venue? Yeah. Uh, And we sketched it all out on a napkin, like what we thought would be amazing. It looks nothing like that. (laughs) Um, But at that time, we're like, you know what? We only have our own weddings to draw inspiration from. Mm -hmm. We need to do some market research. Mm -hmm. So let's do wedding planning for a while. And we'll go and we'll work at these venues and we'll figure out what we like, what works, what doesn't work. And then we'll open up our own later. And I should pause here to say that I didn't take Courtney seriously. Like this was literally just over lunch. And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. 
And then I get a phone call the next day that's like, so our friend Megan's getting married and we're going to plan her we're wedding. Plan her we're going to do this thing. And I was like, oh, okay. So this is like really happening. All right. Yeah. So this sounds great. <laughs> and that was how we began. And we did that for about six, six or seven years yeah. and um, grew our team one person at a time. We have a team of eight now. And uh, in 2011, 2012, we started the search for land to build this venue. Now we had all this market research. We knew what we wanted. We knew what the market needed. Uh, so we kind of reprised that dream and fell into the property we have now, went through all of the rezoning and due diligence and built the Bradford Yeah, and have since built that team. Wow. That's incredible. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You guys are so inspiring. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Inspiring, comical, all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Determined. I will use determined here. Determined, that's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you guys start Hustle & Gather? Um, So we, like Courtney said, we've been in the industry for about 15, 16 years. And it was, I think it was 2019. And I would love to say that we started it because we didn't have enough on our plate or whatnot. But 2019 was actually a really rough year for us, um, just with the growth of the company and whatnot. And um, we were just consistently or constantly people coming to us asking us for advice and uh, about how to build their teams, uh, how we structure everything. And we just found that we really loved it. Like We loved having those conversations with people. We loved encouraging other people. And we just had this idea, like this is kind of where we wanted to the next phase of our business to be is a place where we can have this common experience as entrepreneurs. I think for us, we were so insular because we had each other. We didn't really look outside of our own bubble. And so we just thought everything we were experiencing was just our own unique experience. And when you talk to other other entrepreneurs, you realize, no, they experience the same thing. And it's I don't know. We're not as special as we thought. Not. <laughs> but there's something really refreshing about being able to just, uh, I don't know, have that camaraderie yeah, <laughs> with it. So we started Hustle and Gather and uh, we do speaking consulting, like Courtney said, some team training. And then we have our real passion project, which is the podcast where we interview a lot of people and they tell us their origin story and we kind of dissect um, their story. So I love yeah. that. I love that. Yeah. Well, that would be in the show notes. You guys can just pop on there and, and go listen to Hustle and Gather after today's episode. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we're going to talk today about a really important topic. And I think a lot of people resonate with it, which is you know how to grow your business even in hard times. And mm. obviously last year or 2020, whenever you guys are listening to this, was very hard for a lot of people. So you know, I'm, I'm delighted you guys are here to sort of help you know, share your experiences, share your know-how, and hopefully help some people who maybe are still in, you know, mm-hmm. struggling a little bit. So, you know, what has helped your businesses grow over time? Yeah. So I think that's a great, a great question. And I feel like hands down, what has allowed us to grow uh, in a responsible way and sustain that growth and have some modicum of like life, we both have children, husbands, et cetera. Um, outside of that is our team. So mm-hmm. I think that we always were very focused on um, the fact that we love our business and we love what our what we do, but it would not be a sustainable life for us to be in the day-to-day 
you know, we do 110 events at the Bradford. Like there was no way Dane and I were going to handle 110 events. We do 80 to 90 events with C&D. There's no way Dane and I are going to do 110 events at the Bradford and 80 to 90 events with our event planning company. So we were always very um, cognizant of the fact that we needed a team and we needed a great team. Uh, so we've always been very focused on team first, us second. And I think that that model has really served us well. Right. And it took us a while, I think, to come to that realization because if we had a lot of fear into building a team. There was the fear of you're training somebody in your craft and the fear of like, well, what if they go out on their own? There is the fear of if we bring this person on the team, can we actually guarantee their salary? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had to really like dissect where that fear is coming from and understand, you know, why we were so fearful of bringing people on. And I think it's a very common, common, common fear of especially the financial part of it. And for us, what we realized is after we hired that very first person, it was, we were able to do so much more. We were able to really put so much more energy into actually growing the business that it was never an issue. Um, Now, granted, it's we weren't doing this at the very beginning baby steps of our business. This was when we were at a growth phase. We were in that middle range, you know, where a lot of businesses kind of get stuck at either because the middle is hard. Either you're going to become stay that small business or you're going to add to it and kind of become a larger business. But being in the middle, it's really hard to kind of figure out which way you're going to go. And so that was where we grew is in that middle section. Yeah. And I think it takes a lot of like... uh a lot of long-term planning and a little bit of personal sacrifice in the middle of it. You know, there was definitely a large portion of the time that our teammates were making more than we were making. And we were just investing in the team and the growth, knowing that our payday was going to come later. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of entrepreneurs don't look at it that way. Uh, But I definitely think for us and like where we're at in our business and also kind of like our creative mindset, like neither one of us, thrive in that kind of rote type position. Mm-hmm. And it really allowed us to keep a top top down perspective on our company and mm-hmm. grow it and, and mold it and move it where we want it to go. Yeah. So. And I, I think it's just really hard to grow your business, kind of like kind of piggybacking on Courtney yeah. said, when you can't have that top down perspective. And so each year we create the uh, the time suck list. So <laughs> these are things that like suck our time up mm-hmm. and we make a decision. Is this something that I can outsource? Is this something that we need to consider a hire for? Or is this something that I have to do? We just have a really crappy SOP for it and it's creating more time than it needs to. Um, so I think that is another way that's been really helpful for us to grow our business is to really take a look at what we're doing day to day as the visionary, the bosses, and how can we continue to have that visionary goals, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because when you get stuck in the day to day, you forget why you're there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I like the time suck list. I think that really resonates <laughs> with me, especially, I mean, even in for me last year as a wedding photographer, you know, I really assess my services and what I was providing and where I was one, making the most money and two, what did I hate? You know, what mm-hmm. was my least favorite? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I like cut a couple things because I was like, that's not bringing me joy. And if I have to do something, I want to be happy. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like also looking at it for as a wedding photographer, like what can you outsource? And we, you know, we've talked about that a lot on the podcast, like making your life easier by trusting other people, like taking that leap of faith. I, I mean, it totally makes sense that 
people get stuck because they don't want you know to basically something get worried about investing money but it's important yeah <laughs> right yeah and it's hard to let go of your of your baby i mean it's your baby and so I think I, and I am much more controlling than Courtney. And so I had to come to terms with that, with the fact that like, if someone can do something 80% of how I can do it, right. That's good enough. Yeah, exactly. It's just yeah. good enough. There, yeah. Like with my digital editor, it's different, but the similar, like my first digital editor, I was getting upset that the images weren't coming back perfect. And then slowly I had to have this realization like, okay, 90% is fine. <laughs> I'll, right. you know, I'll tweak it a little bit, which is fine. <laughs> right. So do you think that there is anything that we should focus on year after year? I mean, I definitely think kind of talking about that last thing, like doing a job description audit, like audit yourself in your job description. Like what has what is essential for you to do? What has creeped on your plate that mm. really could be outsourced to someone else? And what are you doing that's inefficient? And being able to look at that annually, uh, like for us, like we run multiple businesses. So we juggle a lot of teammates and there's definitely times where it's like this year, I'm going to focus on the Bradford. This year, you're going to focus on C&D or we're going to compartmentalize this task or this task because it doesn't make sense to have it to have it spread out over to both of us. Like we're both just spinning our wheels at that point, mm-hmm. you know? So I think just auditing that your personal job description and making it as efficient as possible and really asking those hard questions. Like what mm-hmm. can I get rid of? What's on this plate that's no longer serving me or serving my business? What can be outsourced? What's what's my time worth, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And same with your employees too. If you do have a team is audit those job descriptions every single year recognize like, because some there, whenever we hire someone or we create a new position, there's always this kind of uh, balance where we realize we need to change and tweak a couple of things. We need to add this to their plate. We need to take this off their plate um, just so that they're more efficient and they're more happy too at the same time. Um, so I think exactly like job description audits are our number one thing we do every single year. Yeah. I love that. That's good. So I know, you know, I mentioned it, you know, 2020 was a hard year for a lot of people, (laughs) Um, myself included. (laughs) So, you know, I guess for small business owners, I'd love to get your perspective on like how even to grow your business in a hard time. And and for the future, this, you know, content will be evergreen, but just speaking to to 2020, you know, how did it affect you guys? Oh, it was rough. <laughs> well, you know, you were in events I in 2020. Know, it, was, it was not the time to be in hard. It was <laughs> totally. really, really hard. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was emotionally taxing um, all around. I mean, just trying to deal with it as, you know, yourself, like process the pandemic and how to keep your business afloat. You're worried about keeping people on payroll and all that. It was really hard, but I'm really proud of yeah. how we came out of it and where we are now. And I definitely think that there were things that we did really well. Um, and I think the top thing for us was the uh, that we didn't make emotional decisions. Um, <laughs> and that's really hard because a lot of what was happening in 2020 was emotional. Um, and so we would have to take a step back, whether it was whether it was with a conversation with a client or a conversation with an employee. And we had to take a step back and say, is this an emotional decision we're making or is this a business decision that we're making? Um, and so it was really helpful, I think, for us to be able to bounce that off of each other. Yeah. And 
a couple of our really good colleagues who are solopreneurs. Um, I I remember one of, one of them called me. She's like, I'm sorry, I call you all the time. And I was like, no, like I, I'm happy to be your person to like bounce this off, like this idea or this, uh, what your decision you're making. And I think for, if you are a solopreneur, it's having someone that you trust that you can, they can, they can help point out, are you making a business decision or are you making an emotional decision? Yeah. And it's not that it wasn't emotional. There was certainly like emotional times. It was just draining. Right. But when it came to making decisions, because, you know, there is there is a lot of pushback from, from clients mm-hmm. and a lot of rescheduling, a lot of policies that uh, we were making on the fly um, that affected, you know, hundreds of people, like all of our vendors and uh, all of our clients, et cetera. And it was a moving target. So mm-hmm. it was, you know, it was ever changing. And I think that uh, making sure that we were doing what was best for our business. And there's also a portion of that that's what's best for our client is best for our business too. So kind of treading that line between mm-hmm. uh, what's best for our business, what's best for our client, what can we sustain and what can move us forward. I think that one of the things too, I think is really important is being a little bit proactive um, before entering into these times and having a really great contract. So we invested money up front in our contract. Well, we had none, right? It seemed like a really big cost when we right. first got started at the Bradford, <laughs> especially. Um, but we have a pretty ironclad contract with great force majeure clauses. Like that's like the word and and the after 2020, you know, <laughs> um, that kind of protected us from from what clients could do and what we uh, kind of talking about opportunity costs and things like that. So we could go for it. Like we own 12 acres and there's a significant amount to maintain the integrity of our business and the grounds and whatnot that just, just to go from day to day, you know what I mean? You know, whether someone's having an event or not having an event. So I think definitely having a great contract, but then also being fair mm-hmm. within that. Like we, we were flexible with our contract terms. Like we weren't sticking to them, you know, dogmatically. We were able to look at people's situations and flex and bend and offer them alternatives for rescheduling and dates that was fair and consistent. So we offered these same policies. Uh, and as we updated them, every every client had a link to them mm-hmm. and they all had the same policy and the same opportunities. And I think mm-hmm. that really helped us weather 2020. Yeah. 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 Contracts are key. I think everybody yeah. learned that. <laughs> uh, Maggie Fisher and um, Paige Griffith, they're both lawyers in the creative industry and they've both been on the show. And I think Maggie came on and just talked about force majeure because people yes. didn't know what it was. So mm-hmm. it's like, we all learned a whole lot, but I, it, you know, it affected, especially, you know, as a wedding photographer and all the rescheduling. I like that you said that it was emotional. It was so emotional, mm-hmm. you know, because yes. it's like you didn't do anything wrong. Like right. it just ha- it just happened to everybody at the same mm-hmm. time. So making decisions emotionally can really hurt you later down the road because mm-hmm. you're like, oh my God, I, I should have waited. You know, I feel like a lot of people did that. Like everyone who left New York City and then mm-hmm. like they bought homes and now it's like they want to come back and now they have to sell their house. It's like, yeah, yeah it was emotional. You just kind of should have waited, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of people that, um, and I, and no one knew like the stamina, well, the right? length of yeah, how long it would pandemic, like yeah. how long it was going to be. No like, I thought we were going to be shut down for two weeks and then a month, and then certainly by summer we were going to have weddings, and then totally. by fall it was going to be fine. And I think that a lot of people made really great, uh, kind decisions for their clients that were terrible business decisions mm-hmm. early on, you know, right. like they allowed people to just move to whatever date they had available in say 2022. Well, now you've 
you're not only getting not getting the money for 2021, you've filled a 2022 date that could possibly help you bounce back the next year. Right. So I think that a lot of people made those emotional decisions where it was like, wow, I feel bad or I don't want you mad at me. So I'm going to just offer you whatever I have. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that have been out or have been put out of business because of that. Right. You know, so you have to think about it long term. You have to think about what what do I need? Where can I flex? But where do I need to hold firm? Because it's it's not going to benefit any client, not the one that you moved and not the 50 you didn't move, not the ones that are abiding by your policy if you don't have a business for them to come to the next year. Exactly. You know, that's the worst thing that you can do. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, although my all my friends who rescheduled with no fees or mm-hmm. um, yes. gave them prime Saturday dates are literally, they're drowning. You know, drowning, and they yes. are drowning in work right now and regretting every moment of it because they've lost the extra revenue. They've given mm-hmm. up a prime date and their calendar is literally full for next year and they can't book any new clients. So right. it's, you know, it stinks all around. And I think for us, like we've always taken the attitude of like honesty and transparency. And so when we're having these, when we send out these policies, we always attach like a cover letter that was from me and Courtney specifically. And it talked about why we had to make these decisions, where we are compromising and what the health of our company looks like. Because the other part is, is I would have, we'd have these brides like call and freak out and say, you know, my friend's getting married and their venue shut down. You know, are you guys, are you in the same place? You know, like we wanted to give them the confidence that we're putting this policy in place, not because we're trying to line our pockets here. It's literally so that we can keep our doors open and we can have this beautiful venue for you to have your wedding. And this is the reality of what we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really helpful. I think mm-hmm. it, I think for about 95% of our couples, they really appreciated that transparency and that honesty, because they understood more clearly why we had to make the decisions we made. Yeah. Um, it's smart. Yeah. So, so how were you able to grow your business during this time? Yeah. Really well, good question. <laughs> um, plus you probably know we're like in a wedding boom. Yeah. And I think that, um, our policies with rescheduling and conserving, um, dates, that were very sellable that we needed to book to be able to sustain and grow and whatnot uh, really helped us grow the business. So, I mean, we are doing weddings on like Mondays and Thursdays. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when people were moving, they were moving to dates that we felt like at some point were not unsellable, but less desirable. So we went ahead and um, for 2020 specifically, we looked at what we needed minimally Mm -hmm. as far as Saturdays, Fridays, Sundays, et cetera, to sustain the next year, 2021. And it was, it was all about sustaining. It wasn't right. actually it was about, about like having more profits. And, and we do, we have really great stats, which is something I definitely recommend is have good stats on when you book things, how you book them. And so we always, you can look at, I could look at the month of April and for every date that was booked in the month of April in 2020, I, it'll tell me when that person booked. And so mm-hmm. when I'm looking at April, 2021, I can see that no one's booking April really past the month of September, right? Mm-hmm. And so we would say, we're going to try to book as much as we can, yeah. like for 2021. By this date, we're going to release all of our available right. April 2021 dates, and you can pick the date you want to reschedule to. Um, and it just allowed us to be able to 
book that revenue for 2021. And then also at the same time, clients got a date that they wanted. Now they could opt to just go ahead and repay their deposit and book a 2021 date, or they can, there was like, we gave them 10 choices, essentially. Yeah. Like there were 10 <laughs> options they could do with this reschedule. It was like a choose your own ending novel. It really <laughs> was. <laughs> Um, but we, there was something in there for everybody. There was the anxious bride who just needed a date. There was the person who was very like, oh, it's fine. It'll all work out. And, you know, we'll make the decision closer to like, there was all these different options for clients based on how they like their planning style, essentially. Yeah. Um, the risk tolerance. The risk level. tolerance is yeah. probably a better word for it. Yeah. Um, and that really helped us because it really allowed us to book what we needed to book to to sustain. And then once 2021 rolled around and we this boom happened is and, where we started filling in all these random dates. And it allowed us to never, we never compromised the integrity or the quality right. of the Bradford. I mean, everything was maintained impeccably. We were able to add on staff to deal with these reschedules and um, to make sure our customer service was top notch. Right. So when someone was looking for a new venue and the Bradford was only available on a Thursday, it got snagged up, right? Because it yeah. looks beautiful. We are in great financial shape. Our customer service is spot on. And our our clients are very happy. We're all very happy. So like being able to uh, being able to weather that storm and do it in a way that maintains your integrity, mm -hmm. it allowed it kind of edges you up over that competition yeah. to be able to like nab all the people who are are looking at that point. And yeah. I think it really helped us grow. Like our, our 2020, before the pandemic, we were scheduled to do maybe like 80 weddings. And that's a good year for us. Mm -hmm. And in 2021, we have 110 weddings. Amazing. And in 2022, we're booked, we booked almost 100 weddings at this point. So we'll oh, probably wow. be hitting that 110 to 120 next year. Oh my goodness. So I just, so I just think making sure that, to me, I think how you grow is making sure you're protecting your investment in your business mm -hmm. and you're not making decisions again, that are emotional, that are too client forward and really hurt your ability to serve that client. Well, yeah. 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 That really hits home. And I love the tactic that you used. I don't think anyone has ever mentioned that to me or on the show is that you reserve dates until you knew you probably weren't going to book it. Mm -hmm. And then you mm -hmm. release them. That's such a great tool. I think wedding photographers or can definitely use that saying, yeah, this date, you know, I have dates in April, but they won't be released till September, the end of September. And then you can choose anyone you want. That's such a great tip. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd love to know how you guys measure your success. You know, <laughs> what, what do you, what, how do you think that it's a success for you guys? Well, the easy way is sales, like numbers, <laughs> the bank account yes. doesn't lie. Bank doesn't yes. lie. <laughs> that is one way. But for us, like we are such a team focused uh, company that uh, our success, we really measure how well we have weathered a hard time or our success of our company based on our retention, um, how happy our people are um, and how much they don't ever want to leave us. Yeah. <laughs> like our work, like the office environment or like mm -hmm. the work climate is super important to us. You know, like one of the most expensive assets that you have in a business is an employee and yeah. training them and uh, retention and, you know, turnover. That's a big cost for a lot of businesses. And we have very, very little of that because we make sure that our employees are well taken care of and heard and that um, that environment's preserved as much as we can at all costs. Right. You know? Right. I love that. Would you, is there anything that you would consider a failure? 
Oh yeah, yeah sure. Fail <laughs> <laughs> uh, often. We fail often. Yes, I think if I think for us, like where we fail, and we can recognize our own failures as bosses, as managers. But one of our biggest failures, I think, in the past, I would say, year was really us struggling as partners. <laughs> um, we were sisters, so we naturally just verbally process things all the time. And we were fat, we had found that we were coming up with these really tough decisions, like decisions of how we're going to check people in at a wedding, how we're enforcing this mask mandate. Are we going to do a three-strike policy? You know, like, like these really tough, um, like hard decisions that we each had different similar opinions on, but just, but maybe didn't like completely align. Right. right. And so we'd be in these team meetings and we'd be talking and me and Courtney would just like have it out in front of the team. <laughs> and, um, and what it did is it just kind of created this, like one, it was really frustrating to the team because we were wasting their time. Um, but two, it was, it was really hard to, uh, actually come to a conclusion for anyone on the team to actually feel like it was a great decision. Like, so for us, we kind of made a commitment that we're going to be ultra prepared for our team meetings. We're going to talk about what the policies we need to enact or what is going on that we need to talk about, talk through it between the two of us, have it out in our office, the door closed, and then kind of be <laughs> mm-hmm. a united front in front of the team. And that honestly just made such a happier, yeah, a happier environment in general. Yeah, because it's like it's like choosing a side with a parent. It's like mom like, and do dad. You choose your yeah. mom or your dad, right? right? <laughs> like either way, you're losing. Yes. You know? Yes. That was really tough. And and I think and I think it was brought about just by like, you know, time. Like we yeah. like I said, we both have kids. They're both be, are all I have three, she has two. They're being homeschooled at home at this point, you know, with virtual learning and whatnot. And it's just you're just putting out fire after fire. Yeah. We spent so much time on Zooms and conversations with clients uh, that it was probably just a misutilization of time or just feeling like I'm just moving on to the next thing, next thing, next thing. You're mm-hmm. reacting, react, reacting, and mm-hmm. not taking that time to be proactive and come up with a plan that that works. And just really kind of taking a step back and saying like, we need intentional time. Like we need mm-hmm. to like intentionally block out time, no matter how tough that mm-hmm. is to sit and process together and get through, you know, all the arm wrestling and whatnot uh, <laughs> before we present it to the team. Yeah. I love that. I love having a united front. It's kind of mm-hmm. reminds me of like succession. I don't know if you guys have watched that show, but like the family will fight and then they'll come yeah. to the boardroom. <laughs> yeah. It was, it's very much it's like, like that. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you have to show you're together and just work it out privately. I love that. That's, yeah. A, yeah. that's a good tip. Yeah. So I would love it. Um, at Tea with Janae, we're all about tangible tips and thoughtful advice. Um, I really love giving our listeners like actionable things. You know, I would love if you both could share some of your big no-nos when trying to grow your business, when things are a little lean. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, to me, like first and foremost, when you try to do it all, like it Mm -hmm. is impossible to do everything well. And I really think that as a owner or CEO, however you label yourself, when you're steering the ship, it is important for you not to lose perspective. And I think that understanding that everything's not a priority, it doesn't always have to be you. It could be outsourced in creative ways. Um, I think that's super important. I always say Mm -hmm. it's really hard to manage a business and be the one doing it. Like, cause you get that kind of in the trenches perspective and you just can't see where you're going. So I think number one is trying not to do it all. You don't have to. Yeah. 
For me, it's comparison. Um, I think we get stuck into the comparison game and, you know, and whenever I kind of get into that mindset to tell myself, like, don't compare like my year two to somebody's year 12. And we've all had those times like where it's been tough and it's been hard. And I've been like, how is this person so successful? How are they doing this? You know, and you kind of get down on yourself, but I think nothing can take that energy to can take that momentum away from you faster than comparing yourself to somebody else. So we're all on our own unique path, our own unique journey. Yeah. And we all have great successes. And, you know, especially if you're comparing it on a social media, it's a highlight reel. It's not, it's not real life. Right. Yeah. No, I yeah, agree. I think, I think too last, I think being transparent with your employees, mm-hmm. like I think it's so important to have employee buy-in and have investment in what you're doing. And like our girls uh, love the Bradford, just like it's theirs. I mean, Mm -hmm. they take care of it like it's their own. Like I fully trust them with it. And I think that us being able to be transparent about where we're at or like with, especially with 2020, like, Hey, like this is what we're doing to make sure that you guys have jobs next month. Right. These are, these are all the lengths that we're going and not to be like scary, Mm -hmm. but just so that they know, like they know what's expected. They know when they have to step it up and they're equally as invested in the outcome as you are. I think that makes for, uh, especially when things are tough, you know, uh, super, productive work environment. Yeah. And they're just, and they make better decisions, I think, because, you know, they make better budgetary decisions. If they understand that we're in a really lean time and we're struggling, they're going to be like, okay, like, can I stretch these paper towels or like, they're just, right. They're more judicious Mm -hmm. than they are when money's a plenty. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, so not being, not holding anything back. You know, like, right. no, no, like being transparent, mm-hmm. I think is, I think is great. I think it's really important. And even if you're a solopreneur, you know, I mean, with my husband, when I was going through everything, I was like, look, I'm going to get, I'm going to apply for a loan. I'm going to see what I can do because I have to support my family as well. So mm-hmm. he, you know, he was really appreciative of like my determination and my honesty to make sure I was still mm-hmm. able to contribute to the household. And then once I got settled, it was like a huge relief. Like, oh God, I got yeah. the loan. Yay, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, transparency is key and hiding things never helps anybody, you know? Right. Yeah. Love that. Well, you ladies are amazing. I'm so oh, excited thanks. we got to chat. I loved talking to you and getting to meet you. And I'm so pumped for this episode. Thank yeah, you for the opportunity. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. So let's tell everybody a little bit, um, not a little bit, a lot <laughs> about where they can find you online, find out more about your services and say hello to you. Yeah. Well, um, we uh, can find us easily at Hustle and Gather. So we are um, at Instagram at Hustle and Gather for www.hustleandgather.com. You can find information about our podcast and uh, seeking and consulting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then our like uh, businesses, businesses, the original hustles, like yeah. why we hustle and gather. OG businesses. Yeah. And C&D <laughs> events, which is at C&D events and then the Bradford at the Bradford NC. And we just launched a new luxury planning company called Anthem House. Yes. At, at Anthem House. Yep. Oh, yeah. amazing. Another business. You guys are amazing. Yes. I know. <laughs> Keep just, it going. There's not enough wasn't to do. Enough. <laughs> <All right. laughs> That's awesome. Well, all this information will be in the show notes. You guys can just swipe on up, click on the links and say hi to Dana and Courtney. Thank you ladies for being here. Yes. 
Well, that's it, you guys. I hope you liked today's episode. Thank you so much for being here. A huge shout out and a big thank you to Courtney and Dana for taking time out of your day to spend a few minutes with us. We're so happy to have you on the show. And if you guys want to find out more about Courtney and Dana, click on the show notes, swipe on up, and let them know you listened to today's episode. Well, that's it, you guys. I can't wait to share our next cup of tea together. Bye.